Welcome to Canada's podcast. Yuri, welcome to Canada's podcast um, from the other side of the lake, but that, that's fine. Uh, it's uh, it's great to meet you. Um, Likewise. And, you know, so everyone else can get an idea of who, who Yuri is. Maybe you can give us sort of a little bit about yourself, what you do, how you've ended up, you know, on Canada, Canada's podcast kind of thing. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Philip. It's it's always great to connect and impart um, whatever I can with, with fellow Canadians. And if there are international listeners, mm-hmm. you guys are cool too. So my name is um, Uriel Kaim. I'm CEO and founder of a company called Healthpreneur. So we help health professionals and coaches in the health and wellness space get clients and scale their businesses online. I've been, I've been waving that flag for many years, since 2016. And obviously, since COVID, everyone's like, well, maybe I should start doing some stuff online now. Mm-hmm. So we've been at the forefront of that movement for quite some time. Um, I'll just start at the beginning because you know we've enjoyed, I've, I've enjoyed a lot of success in my business career, um, but it didn't start that way. I started off when I was 10 years old with the dream of playing professional soccer. And I dedicated the next decade to making that happen. So played, trained every day that I can remember. And in my early 20s, I was able to play professionally for a number of years. Uh, But before all that happened, I lost all my hair uh, to an autoimmune condition when I was 17. Mm -hmm. And that was a big wake-up call for me because I thought I was like really fit and healthy. And I was fit, but I wasn't healthy. And I didn't realize that until I lost my hair in the space of six weeks. And that was a big like... Honestly, it's one of the best things that's ever happened to me because that really set me on this journey of of doing ultimately what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. But for the next several years when that happened, there was this kind of journey of trying to figure out why, why that happened. So I went to all sorts of different practitioners and doctors and did a bunch of stuff. Nothing really made a, a big difference, to be honest. Uh, but when I finished retired playing soccer when I was 24, which is still a pretty early age to retire. I came back to Toronto and before that, I actually went to the University of Toronto for kinesiology. So I had a background in, you know, body mechanics and health mm-hmm. sciences, right. but I was still clueless when it came to nutrition. So I came back to school, went to study holistic nutrition and was just blown away by like, wow, I had no clue what I was putting in my body. Mm-hmm. And when I cleaned things up, my hair regrew, changed my life, um, made such an impact on uh, so many aspects of my energy and, and, and my outlook on nutrition. And obviously, I don't have any hair now. A number of years ago, I got a tetanus shot, fell out again. So long story short. But anyways, at 24, 25, that was a really big impetus for my thinking around what I wanted to do with, with that knowledge. Because mm-hmm. when I was in university, I was training clients as a personal trainer. Then I started taking on nutrition clients and I did that for a number of years. And then I got to the point where I was just burnt out. I was working 12 to 14 hours a day doing one-on-one. I'm like, I don't want to keep doing this. I want to help more people. So 2006 came online. I was working with a coach. He was like, Hey, why don't you set up a website? I was like, "Uh, what's a website? No clue what I was doing. So basically got something up. And for the next three years from 2006 to 2009, try to build the whole like laptop lifestyle, the digital nomad, like Mm -hmm. create an ebook, kick my feet up. And that did not happen in the slightest. So it took me three years of making below poverty line income to eventually realize that I don't have all the answers and maybe I should get some guidance and mentorship and help. 
So 2010, I finally sought out some help, uh, hired a coach who was more money than I made in my previous year. But that was the inflection point in my business. And from that point, that's 2010 until today, there's not been a single year where I've not invested in coaching, masterminds, et cetera, because it's fundamentally transformed everything in my business. So that business was uh, to the consumer. It was you know health and fitness information online with eBooks, courses, eventually supplements. Went on to help half a million customers around the world. Uh, built it to multiple seven figures. I was on Dr. Oz, The Doctors. I wrote a New York Times bestselling book and then two other books um, after that. And then I got to a point where I was just not super fulfilled with that with that company anymore. It was very complex. We had built a lot of products, a lot of funnels. Uh, there was a lot of complexity and I wasn't really all that enamored with the business model anymore. Mm-hmm. So a number of years ago, sold it and then focused full-time on healthpreneur. And now that's what I'm doing full-time now is, is really helping other entrepreneurs in the health space build their businesses uh, by working smarter, not harder. And a lot of it's really come from what I've seen to work well for me and ultimately now with thousands of other clients, um, but also recognizing I've pretty much done every business model there is out there when it comes to the online space. And, and not to say that this is bad, this is bad, this is good, but it's just having the context to help people make better decisions around what they're doing. Because a lot of times the biggest problems that entrepreneurs face is the blind spot they can't see. And so I feel, you know, having been in business now for 15, 16, 17 years almost online. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff I've seen that I've gone through that I can now help others with. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'm here to do. And we're on a mission to help a billion people on the planet. And that's, that's our goal. Okay. You know, I mean, your business is, is you know, the health, fitness that has changed is changing so much. I mean, uh, and there's lots of people that aren't as uh, advanced as you are online. I mean, without I mean, I, I know you coach those people, uh, but so but without being too too selfish, I mean, is there, is there one or two kind of critical things that my, in terms of mindset that people have to have in your business to go from yep. you know failing to succeeding in today's world, if you like. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to for us. Most of our clients are not famous people. Like they come to us and no one knows who they are other than the people they work with in their clinic, for instance. Right. Mm -hmm. And we tell them, we're like, cool. Like you don't need a social media following. You don't even need, need a website. All you have to have is confidence. Number one, that you can help someone with a specific health issue. Mm-hmm. get better. That's the most important foundation. If you're not an expert, there's not much we can do. Okay. So that's the first thing. Second thing is you have to be driven. You have to be driven to want to do big things because if you have a very small vision, i.e. I just want to cover my bills, it is just too hard to keep going. Mm-hmm. And there's too, there's too much involved in energy and, and what we're looking to build in any business really. <coughs> You have to be driven to want to do big things because that's going to give you the motivation to keep going when you're constantly punched in the face, right? Like, you know, COVID, I think it was a great example of how tough times don't create problems, they reveal problems. Mm -hmm. Whether we're talking about brick and mortar businesses or virtual businesses, 
you know, many of our clients had the be- their, their best year in business in 2020. And that's because they were able to adapt to their environment. And that is a reflection of their drive to want to help people and build something great. So drive is very important. Confidence is number one. And the third thing, and again, this kind of ties in with the second, is, is just persistence. Like the only reason I am here, the only reason I'm in a position to help thousands of, of business leaders is because I'm still playing the game. Is I've made, again, if, if we were keeping score of like wins to failures, it would be a hundred to one failures to wins without a doubt. And so the ability to keep getting up after you've been knocked down and the ability to keep going, again, which ties back into drive a little bit, it's the single most important, I think the single most important trait entrepreneurs need to have is the ability to understand there's no finish line, but the joy of business is the game itself. It's just being okay with, yeah, like, all right, I'm going to strike out 10 times to hit one single. I like that. That's okay. I'm willing to grow and get better and continue and continue to play that game. So for us, when we're looking at people we want to work with, if we're having a conversation with them, we can very easily identify these traits. Does someone have confidence? Confidence is number one, as I mentioned, like, are they an expert? They know they can help people. But two is, do they believe if they can succeed at something, even though they don't know how to do it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Can I figure this out with the right help? That's super important. You know, the, the, the drive to want to build something substantial it doesn't have to be a billion dollar company, but something that's, you know, going to put a dent in their aspects of what they do. And third is persistence. People looking for quick wins, you know, it's not going to happen. Stay subscribed and hit the bell icon to be notified of our upcoming podcast with Commissioner Matthew Boswell of the Competition Bureau. Hear about competition and marketing rules every business should know. Click the link in the description to learn more about creating an effective compliance program. Is there a time to and a time not to kind of take the entrepreneurial road, if you like? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I tell this all the time. I'm like, listen, if you can't handle this, go make lattes at Starbucks, right? And I think that's good advice for most people. Unless you are okay understanding that the entrepreneurial journey is like the stock market. It's up and down, up and down, up and down, but generally it's trending up. If you can handle that and you're okay with the volatility of that, I would never in my life trade my journey and what I'm continuing to, to, to build, mm-hmm. never would I trade that. And there is no amount of money someone could pay me to be like, here's a stable nine to five job. Never. I shouldn't say never, but the likelihood is, is 99% no. Because for me and for, for entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs that I've noticed, they're very growth oriented and you can't grow without challenges. So if you're looking to get up out of bed in the morning and have 100% certainty that today is going to be great and tomorrow's going to be great and you have a stable paycheck every month, if that's, if that's your MO, you need to be working for someone else. But if you do not want a ceiling on the upside and you're okay with the downside and you're okay losing sleep at night sometimes and you're okay never being able to turn your brain off because you love the game, you love the challenge, you love growing to new levels then that's what entrepreneurship is all about. And I don't think there's anything more rewarding than being an entrepreneur 
other than maybe having kids because there's a lot of growth there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, I mean, you know, if I were to black and white it, I would say those are kind of two, two ways to consider. You, you know, there's challenges and there's challenges. I mean, you know, we, and, and you know, we, we occasionally meet I mean, those challenges that we don't expect are the tough ones. Is there, I mean, is there any way you've found for those tough ones a process, you know, to get over the wall, kind of, kind of or get around it or, or yeah. whatever, uh, uh, that, that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to understand that successful leaders have poise and poise is like, I'm not going to freak out when, you know, crap hits the fan. How do we develop poise? I think it just comes with experience. Mm-hmm. I was speaking with my clients about this this morning. I said, you know, looking at um, a show like The Ozark on Netflix, I was like, it's a good example of, of poise under, I don't know if you watch the show, but it, as I've told my clients, I'm like, whether you are into watching shows that are, or not, it's a good example of how the main character, Jason Bateman, is able to stay poised and calm under immense amount of pressure. and. Where that comes from, I mean, there's probably some some nature nurture component there, but I think the longer you're in business, the longer you've been doing what you do, you start to realize that what I thought was the end of the world, I'm not even going to think about tomorrow. And 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 really, like the way I I think of it is like, if this is not going to bother me in five years from now, I'm not going to spend more than five minutes worrying about it, you know. And really understanding that. In the grand scheme of things, is this issue I'm dealing with, is this really that big of a deal? And an even bigger concern or an even bigger question is, is asking yourself, the current situation I'm, or the current challenge I'm dealing with, have I dealt with this before? And is this the same challenge that's persistently come about? Because if it is, that's basically telling you you're not growing. Because you should be dealing with bigger problems a month from now, a year from now compared to where you are right now. So looking at challenges, the way we look at challenges as, as a company, and this is really just a reflection of me, mm-hmm. is every challenging is a blessing, right? So if our Facebook ad account gets shut down, well, it's all good. How can we learn? How can we get better? We had uh, two team members that have stepped down uh, in the last month who are you know big contributors on the coaching staff. But listen, like, everything happens for us, right? So what's the blessing there? How do we make things better? How do we find people that are even better to replace them? Mm-hmm. So for us, like every failure is like we celebrate it. And that's just, a, that's a cultural thing for us where there is no bad, there is no good. It just is. And we look at how do we learn? How do we grow? How do we take that mistake or failure, learn from it and make things better? So for you, I mean, what have you found is the best thing for you being an entrepreneur? The freedom, freedom to do what I want, where I want, when I want, with whom I want. Mm-hmm. So I've got four boys. And when I was, before being a father and I was, you know, working 12 to 14 hours a day, I, I distinctly remember, I remember like pulling up to a client's condo at six in the morning, parking in the underground garage and looking at the concrete wall in front of me. I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, is this the life I'm going to keep living? So I was like, there's no way I'm going to keep doing this. I, you know, it was seven years. I'm like, this is enough. 
So the ability to create a life where I can walk my kids to school, pick them up afterwards, I can you know, take off whenever I want, more or less. I mean, I love working. I love working. And my kids would probably say I work a lot because I do, right? But I love what I do. But I, I also have the ability to just be like, I don't, need to, I don't need to do anything today. I can hang out with my kids if they want to hang out. And the, the ability to have that is, has been my biggest motivation um, mm-hmm. from that perspective. There's also the freedom of doing what I love doing in my business. Like, I don't, I'm not looking for freedom from my business. I'm looking for freedom in what I do. So freedom to do things like this. I would much rather have a conversation like this than having to do admin work, right? But I built the business to the point where now I have people that do stuff I don't want to do. So why would I want to not do the stuff I love to do? Like I love communicating. I love creating content. I love sharing. I love creating, you know, things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's massively important to me. Like I, I don't want to retire. And for me, like being an entrepreneur and, and having this type of business has always been about an expression of myself in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, having so it really ties into freedom. So freedom to express myself, but freedom to also be with those people I want to be with the most, which in my case is my family. And then obviously, with you know, everything, I mean, <laughs> living in Ontario, it's been pretty crazy the last two years. And the last two years have been the best of my life. And that's because. That's, that was the choice I made. And I would never put myself in a position where ridiculous leaders are going to dictate my future or my business. And, but that was, I was always very conscious of that from very early on in my business. And I'm just very grateful that I've been able to create that type of business to, to enjoy a great lifestyle, even with, you know, the nonsense happening around. So that's really what's, what's driven me from, um, you know, from a freedom perspective, but also impacting people's lives is very, very important. Our, our clients, our team members. Uh, so being able to help them achieve the freedom that I've enjoyed as well. You, you give people lots of advice. And you said you've been coached yourself. What's the best piece of advice that you've received that you kind of carried around with you and, and bring out every so often kind of thing? There's so much. I mean, there's so much advice. I mean, I try and think, yeah, try and think of, yeah. yeah, I'd say the one thing that really changed how I viewed like building a business. I worked with Dan Sullivan from strategic coach for many years. And <laughs> I, know was, yeah. I, I did strategic coach. Yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Right. And <laughs> great, great. Yeah. It was a great, great thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think for me at the time, the big shift was you have to work less to make more. More or less, right? And it was his whole idea of you know your genius zone, your unique ability, building a team around you to 10x. Mm-hmm. And that was at a time that was very impactful for me because up until that point, I was a top producer by myself, right? I was the one who I could I could create magic by myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now I needed to start to leverage and create magic through others. And that was a real big, uh, big eye opener for me. So that was, you know, probably a really good piece of advice that to this day is still a big, a big mantra for me. Good. Now, let's have let's have some fun, fun stuff. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. Um, are you a morning or a night person? I'm a morning person, yeah. for sure. I get up very, very early, typically. Yeah. Okay. 
What book are you currently reading? I am reading. It's downstairs. It's called um, Business Model Generation, I think, mm-hmm. by Strategizer. It's a really good book. Okay. If you had to pick one word to describe yourself, what would it be and why? Uh, confident. Because I've always been, I call it delusional optimism. The, the ability to have this knowing that everything is going to be great. And I'm not too sure exactly how, but I just know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, now I, I was interested, I mean, interested, you know, obviously this is Canada's podcast. It's from, from Toronto. And one of the things you, you say, when I mean, you have a truly international business, you, you're very assertive about proud to be Canadian, proud to be from Toronto. Why? I mean, why, why is that? Well, I'll be honest with you. I mean, that's definitely changed in the past two years. I would say the thing I'm most connected to Canada-wise right now is the men's national soccer team. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't need to get all political here, but what's happened in the past two years in this country has really gotten me to the point now where if I moved to a different country, I would have zero remorse and zero atten- zero um, uh, affinity to the Canadian flag, if you will. Mm. That was different before COVID hit. And the last two years has really been like, wow, all right, maybe I, I could care less about being Canadian um, because it's not what I thought it was. And mm. that's, that's been unfortunate. So as that aside, what I do think is really uh, exciting about Canadian culture, I mean, I would say like specifically in the GTA, to be honest, there's a lot of amazing entrepreneurs in our neck of the woods, you know, in all sorts of different endeavors. And I mean, I think there's a lot of amazing creative talents that have come out of Canada, whether we're talking about entrepreneurs or we're talking about actors or musicians. I think it's a country that has, you know, developed in the shadow of the big brother down South. And as a result, you know, we've, I don't know, I don't even want to say overcompensated for that, but something's in the water. Who knows, right? Something, um, Mm -hmm has 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 produced a level of thinking of of entrepreneurial spirit of endeavor of whatever that I think is pretty awesome. So it's always cool to see like oh that's that Hollywood person is from Scarborough or or Vancouver or Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always neat. Um I've always been fascinated by that. But yeah yeah that's kind of my current my current stance on, on being Canadian. <laughs> okay. You know, I could go all afternoon, but I, I see I've reached my 25-minute t- timeline, our 25-minute timeline. Yuri, how can people get hold of you? Because uh, it's because that happens all the time. Yeah, for sure. Somebody listens and well, they want to talk to you. Kind of yeah, I think the two best places, we have our, our health printer, YouTube channel, which is also on iTunes. So if you just type in Healthpreneur, mm-hmm. uh, the podcast is essentially my videos, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in audio format. Yeah. So that's a really good place if you want to just kind of take in more content. If you want to connect with me on a more kind of personal level, Instagram is the best place. I'm at Healthpreneur. And just drop me a DM to say, uh, heard you on the show and really liked it or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, be happy to connect. Okay. Well, once again, thanks for coming on Canon's podcast. You know, been, been a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks so much, Philip.